Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. What has quickly become one of my favorite events that we do all year long is called Red and Blue Day at the Zoo. We do it at the Wildlife World Zoo Aquarium and Safari Park out of the 303 in Northern. We have partnered with them now for a few years doing this, and it's our way to say thank you to first responders all across the valley. I was so amazed when we went to the zoo with this idea, and we just said we have an idea how quickly they said absolutely yes. I mean, this is a big financial undertaking for them. They've been doing it with us for years, and joining us right now is Christy Hayden from the zoo. Christy, welcome back. Good morning. Um, I'm so excited for tomorrow. I am too. I, I cannot wait. I, first of all, I love the zoo. Not probably almost as much as you. I don't think anybody loves that place as much as you do. <laughs> but you know how much my family and my grandkids love that zoo and how often we go out there. So I love showing it off to people for the first time. But isn't it great every year to see the line of first responders and their kids waiting to get in every year? It's Amazing, And like you've talked about before, sometimes, you know, police, they can get a bad rap, fire. They don't get the appreciation they deserve. And it is so wonderful to be able to provide them a day where they can, not just them, bring their families out. They can enjoy it for free, all the rides for free. And their kids can see how much the community appreciates everything they do and putting their life on the line every single day. That has been my favorite part of this because we love to thank the first responders. And and I think it's an important thing to do. But to be able to look at their husbands and wives or significant others and their children and say, you have you we want you to know what heroes your parents are. That to me is the favorite part of the day. It's so wonderful, and every year it's getting bigger and bigger. Since our last uh, Red and Blue at the Zoo last year, we've been getting calls, uh, different law enforcement and fire calling the zoo, inquiring if we're going to do it again because they had such an amazing time or they heard about it from their colleagues and they weren't able to make it last year. So the community as a whole is really excited, as excited as we are, and it's just going to be a really magical day tomorrow. So the gates open at 9, correct? They do. And the park is over a 100 developed acres. So for those of you who have never been out here, we're so excited to welcome you. But you want to get out here at 9 o'clock because we have Arizona's largest exotic animal collection, over 6,000 animals. And some people say it takes two days to see it all. So you want to get out here at 9 and you want to come over to the wildlife encounter stage at 10. Yeah, and of we course, are. You're going to be welcoming everyone, and we have a special guest over there. That's going to be a surprise. So oh, we hope to see everyone over there. That'll be great. And uh, get there early because it's the first 1,000 families that show their. It's as simple as showing your credentials that you're a firefighter, or you work for the fire service, or you're a police officer, and then you and three of your guests get in for free. But it's a thousand families because of the capacity of the park. They're getting the entry to the zoo and rides all day for free. That's right. So like you said, first thousand families. So it's the first responder and then three of their family members. Yes. So like you said, get here early. And if you have any toys lying around, we're teaming up with Rural Metro and uh, we're getting a bunch of toys for their toy drive that they're doing for the Salvation Army. So if you know any friends that are coming, they may not be first responders. Um, you can get up to $20 off, $5 off per person, up to four people if you bring a toy. Or if you're getting in for free and you just also want to give back a little bit, bring a wrapped toy because there's a lot of families out there that will really appreciate it this Christmas. And so Red and Blue Day at the Zoo is tomorrow, but you are collecting toys all weekend for Rural Metro, right? 
We are. So we're going to be collecting them tomorrow and Sunday. So if you're coming out just to support all our first responders, uh, don't forget your toys so you can get a discount on admission. So I always ask you this, and it's it's hard for you to narrow it down, but what is your favorite new addition to the zoo right now? Because you're always adding something. I know. Oh, my gosh. Okay, we are always adding something or redoing something. And we actually just put all new flooring into the aquarium. It's beautiful. We just redid our entire wildlife encounter stage. So when people come over at 10 a.m. in the morning, they'll get to see that. Our carousel is getting revamped, so it's beautiful. There's always a lot going on. And, of course, we have our three new baby giraffes so people have to come check them out they are adorable and tomorrow we're doing two special sea lion shows just for the first responders at 11 30 and 3 30 and last year the penguins stole the show yeah this year we have new guests new little ambassadors little adorable thieves that are going to steal the show from oh. the sea lions. so, so since you brought up the penguins last year they did it was the coolest part of the show uh, at the sea lion exhibit with the penguins so i can't wait to see what you guys have come up with this year and i will tell you that my favorite addition in recent years has been i've got to say is the the, the pygmy hippos are the coolest little things oh they are so adorable they don't even look real they I look know. like little animatronic creatures they're so cute <laughs> they look like they're about to pop i know yeah they're <laughs> adorable so everyone has to check out the pygmy hippos of course and all our other adorable little animals yeah it's great uh, christy again i can't thank you guys enough at the zoo i know that this is a huge financial undertaking for you to open the zoo for free to so many people um and when we wanted to say thank you and you guys said yes to this we were so appreciative i know that you respect their service there at the zoo as much as we do and it, i am so happy to partner with you on this and i look forward to seeing you tomorrow we're so excited and we're thrilled and we couldn't give back to a more deserving community. And yes, we're so excited for tomorrow. Woo. All right. I'll see you then. Sounds good. Thanks, All right. Mike. All right. That's Christy Hayden from the Wildlife World Zoo Aquarium and Safari Park. Tomorrow is red and blue day at the zoo. If you are a first responder here in the Valley, if you're at work for the fire department or if you work for the police department, uh, if you're an officer or you're a firefighter, paramedic, whatever, with the fire service, you need to get down there to the zoo tomorrow morning. Gates open at 9. Get there early because it's limited to the first 1,000 families. Show your credentials and get into the zoo for free. All the rides are free for you all day. The weather's going to be perfect. And a lot of, a couple of surprises for you, but it's just your day, and it's our way to say thank you to you. I'm going to be out there in the morning and looking very, very forward to all of this. Uh, coming up in a moment, jobless claims, wholesale prices, both going up last month. It does not speak well for what's happening, but hopefully, hopefully, we're getting back on the right track. We'll talk about it all coming up in just a moment. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 923 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time as always. Um, talking about the U.S. economy, I kind of went on a rant earlier about, about opportunity, and this is the, one of the big concerns for me is that, you know, when I started my business, um, I had been partners with somebody that knew a lot more about business than I did, and and but when I went out on my own, and it was it was actually my company um, with my ex wife, but it was it was ours, it was myself. Um, 
I was able to expand my business and do things, and I had some freedom to, to – I was able to borrow some money, and it was easier to start a business. And it became more and more difficult, uh, and I think we're going back to some of the ease of that. So the two headlines that I partnered together in this segment of the show, I talked earlier about jobless claims have gone up a little bit, and so have wholesale prices. So things are still getting more expensive, and there are some people that are beginning to lose their jobs or leave their jobs. In higher numbers than were expected. So um, what does that do to the overall economy? What does that do to a person's opportunity? And that, for me, is the biggest issue. We were at a time, we've been at a time in the last couple of years that if you wanted to, if you wanted to change jobs, now would be the time to do it. There was a lot of opportunity. There were more jobs than there were people to do them. So it was, it was a seller's market when it came to labor. And if you were willing to show up and work hard, you could be trained to do something. It's so one of the things I loved about the trade. I had, you know, there's really nothing. Remarkable about me. Um, I showed up and I worked hard. That's what I did. That was my key to success. I showed up. I did what I was asked, and then um, I, I tried not to say no. Do you need? Can you work late? Can you work on the weekend? Can you do this? I tried to say yes all the time. I knew I wanted to be reliable, and that's all I did. There's. I'm not smarter than anybody else. I'm certainly not taller than anybody else. There's nothing remarkable about me other than the fact that I was willing to work hard. And I say this to young people, and I speak to them all the time. That is a time in life where you should take advantage because when it's very, very competitive, it's different. When you have an opportunity and all you have to be do to be successful is show up and work hard, do it and you're going to end up being successful. But as we see some of these opportunities fall away, uh, look at what Arizona is doing. And I've been talking a lot about this lately, the website that they've put up that allows uh, someone who is starting a business to basically have a multi-departmental website where you can check the boxes on all the things you need to do to legally open a business in the state of Arizona. It's a very helpful thing for people. If you come to Arizona from another state and you've got a license and good standing in another state, you can come to Arizona, use that license to go to work while you're going through the process of Arizona licensing. Um, you know, we, we honor driver's licenses here, but there's a time frame in which you have to get an Arizona driver's license. But you can drive your car until you get that license switched over. And we did the same thing with business licensing, and it's helping working class people all over the state of Arizona. Those are the things we should be doing to foster opportunity that we know because people are different. There are some people that are happy to work nine to five. They're happy to have a job and work 40 hours a week, uh, live within their financial means, set money aside for retirement, retire in 25 years. And that's that's their goal. That's what they do. There are others who want to take risk and they want to maybe try something on their own and venture out. And those opportunities, that entrepreneurial spirit is what America has always been about. There's a reason why there are so many foreign visas to this country that are out there. There are so many people that want to come to this country and live the American dream of entrepreneurship. And I, I just think we should always be fostering that. And I, I talk so much about policies that are restricting the economy and the policies that have helped keep prices high that I disagree with this administration. I believe Leave all of those things. But reversing some of those restrictive policies gives entrepreneurs a chance to thrive. It's why Arizona's economy have, has diversified so much in the past eight years. It's why the Arizona economy looks so much different now than it did before. 
And if you're someone that's just going to go to work for a company, and I don't mean just go to work, but if you're going to go to work somewhere and that security is what makes your life, your financial life and your business life happy, you want to work for a strong company, you want to work your way up the ladder internally, you want to do a good job for your bosses, but you're not going to take the risk of business ownership, having those strong, thriving companies here are a great thing and having a bunch of them here. So when you do well at your job and you say to your boss, I need a raise, here's my track record of what I've done for this company. If they decide that they're not going to give you that raise and somebody they don't see your skill set and your asset to them, then somebody else will. When you diminish um, opportunity, you diminish opportunity for everyone. And so we should be looking at things that free up business owners. If you ask me, and this is where I guess a couple of the political ideologies split at times. If you ask me, are there greedy people in business? I'm going to say to you, absolutely. Yes, there are. But if you're asking me who I trust, I would trust a business owner over the political process over the government anytime. I don't have a disdain for the government. I'm not anti-government, but I would say I would trust business owners. I would trust the job creators to do the right thing, even if they're driven by just financial freedom or financial by wealth. They're going to make the smart decision for growth and for wealth. And, and so I side with them most of the time. No one's saying we don't need regulation. No one's saying we don't need rules. But redundancy and overregulation and believing that the government's going to answer the problems of fairness, and I hate using that word, because everything bad that's happened when it comes to economic freedom is all done in the interest of fairness. Go look at how communism gets swept into countries. Go look at how socialism or fascism gets swept into countries. The government is always saying it's fair. We're going to tell you the truth. We're going to make sure you only hear the truth from us, and we want things to be fair and honest. Everybody deserves the fairness. We're all going to do this in fairness. Pay your fair share. Do this. It's all about the word fair. And what ends up happening is it stifles everyone. There are reasons why Cubans and Venezuelans and Russians and communist Chinese and people from all over the world are trying to leave those countries and come to America. And yet we seem in some circles to be progressing in their direction instead of away from them. And I just hope that our economy um, get, stays on track. I think we have a strong economy. I hope it stays on track and I hope we start to lower prices and we give people opportunity. You're not always going to be successful, but you should have a right to try. Give people opportunity and they will thrive. In a moment, we go back to Senator Cinema leaving the Democratic Party. You'll hear more of what she said to Arizona's Morning News and from an election expert on the process now for her. What does she have to do if she wants to run for re-election? How will it affect her? All that's coming up next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. And hey, thanks for being here. Happy Friday from the Mike Broomhead Show, the big bombshell this morning. We've been talking about it all morning on the shows, and also Arizona's Morning News had Senator Cinema on. She will join Gatos and Chad in studio at 2 o'clock this afternoon, and our news department has been covering this all morning long, and there was a great interview with Eric Spencer, who is an election attorney, and talking about what happens now when it comes to elections in Senator Cinema. Senator Kirsten Cinema is leaving the Democratic Party and is going to re-register as an independent voter. And so what does that mean for the requirements for her to run for election? Here's what Mr. Spencer had to say. On the tough side, the senator will need to get probably closer to 45,000 signatures 
from Arizonans as opposed to the roughly seven or eight thousand she would have needed if she was running as a Democrat in 2024. However, there's an upside. She's allowed to gather from every eligible registered voter in Arizona, including Republicans, whereas if she had stayed a Democrat, she would not have been allowed to, to collect signatures from Republicans or Libertarians. So the pool is broader, and that makes up for the fact that the quantity is much bigger. So also in all of this, the Democrats may have a primary. Now, you know, we don't know that. I mean, I think to me, being, you know, being uh, speculating and looking at the political landscape as I as I see it. I would think that the inside track would have to go to Congressman Ruben Gallego. Um, but that doesn't mean that Congressman Greg Stanton wouldn't jump in. And then do you get a contentious primary for Democrats where they spend a lot of time and a lot of money to win their party's nomination while Senator Sinema doesn't have to have a primary? And she is able to spend that time and raise money and run a campaign much like she did unopposed when she won the seat in the first place. And the same thing for the Republicans. Who would be the Republican candidate that would run for that? We had a pretty big field that ran for the Senate in this past primary for Mark Kelly's seat. Will we see the same kind of of primary where you'll see multiple candidates running and having to spend a lot of time and money in a primary to have to run against A, an incumbent, and B, someone who has had all this time on her own to run her campaign unopposed? That is another great question. How will she appear? How will she appear on the ballot? That's actually up to election officials. Now, she can, on her petitions that she, she circulates to voters, she can choose a three-word a three name as her quote-unquote party. But from there, election officials determine how that three-word party is going to be collapsed into a three-letter designation. Now, theoretically, if she wrote the word independent on her nomination petitions, I assume election officials would collapse that to IND and be the the normal acronym that we assume is associated with independent. So now what would happen, and it's great to have an expert like Eric Spencer, who's a former election attorney and, and knows this inside and out, if another independent decides to jump into this race. If another independent decides to run and collects the requisite number of signatures, that person would also go directly to the general election ballot. There wouldn't be a independent primary to pick which independent appears on the ballot. All qualified folks would appear there, but if history is any judge, I doubt there are any other folks that could qualify as an independent given the tremendous amount of work that it takes and I think Senator Sinema will probably clear that field. So that is the uh, that is the election side of thing. If the senator decides to run for re-election, that's the process. She's going to have to get a lot more signatures, but she has a broader pool to draw from. And then she doesn't have to run in a primary. Even if another independent jumps in and gets the requisite signatures, she still runs as an independent, as does that other one. But in a three-person race, and that would be what we would anticipate, that there would be her as an independent, there would be a Democrat nominee, and there would be a Republican nominee then it's a three-person race. That changes things dramatically here in Arizona, depending on who those candidates are. But what changes for you right now? What are the changes? That, what will we see as far as her job? And what does this party affiliation change in her mind? What does this mean? Arizonans know that I have always promised to be an independent voice for our state, and that's exactly what I've done. So I think, you know, today's announcement is just a natural extension of the work that I've been doing on behalf of Arizona for the last number of years in the United States Senate and before that in the U.S. House. So the the reality is, is not much has changed. Um, I'm going to keep doing what I do. 
And it's interesting because uh, I, I, I've been doing my mea culpa all day, and I've been doing it for a while now. Um, I did not believe Senator Cinema when she said she was independent just like Arizona when she promised to run that way and to legislate that way. Um, I did not believe her. I thought it was a campaign slogan. I thought she wanted to cater to independent voters and the Democrat voters. But I, I'll be honest with you. She proved me. She's proven me very wrong. She stood strong on some issues that were important to her party that she disagreed with, saying that it was wrong for the country, namely on the filibuster. And she stood her ground. And she's taken a lot of heat. As a matter of fact, her political party in Arizona, they censured her, which means nothing other than we don't like you. I, I can't think of another thing it means. It is an official statement from the Democratic Party saying we don't like you. We don't like what you've done. We don't like what you're doing. And we are officially saying that. It doesn't change her doing her job. It doesn't limit her in doing her job. It is just the party saying we don't like you. So uh, the presumed opponent in a primary was going to be at least for at least would be Congressman Ruben Gallego. But with if with her leaving the Democratic Party, that's not the case anymore. And we've seen some independents. You've seen Bernie Sanders, who has run for president as a Democrat. So he registered as a Democrat to be on that Democratic ticket. But he is an independent. But also Joe Lieberman. Joe Lieberman is someone that is an independent that had a lot of success in the United States Senate, was able to get the respect of the people of his state, even though he didn't have a party designation. And he won that seat. Um, are the are the political tides moving away? Are the political tides moving away from this deep party affiliation in mass? And is that is, if that's not the case, if we are seeing more and more people leave parties, I don't think people leave their political beliefs. I don't think people say I've now become an independent, so therefore I'm more moderate in my beliefs. What it does is it doesn't limit them with disagreeing with one party or the other, and they don't get affiliated. So then what happens, this is just my opinion, is the parties themselves get more and more extreme is a harsh word, but there is more and more of a small tent by nature because if you don't agree, and this is my biggest disagreement with my party, I'm a registered Republican, my biggest disagreement with my party is that. My biggest disagreement is – that if you voice disagreement within the party, not only are you called wrong, people hate you. I'm going to read something to you. I'm not going to read who it's from, but there is a tweet. Um, uh, we were we had Stephen Richer on yesterday. Stephen Richer is the county recorder in Maricopa County who had a list of ideas on how to make elections better and how to count votes faster. And he listed them and he listed them on Twitter. Um and so somebody on Twitter uh, tweeting at Mr. Richer, and I was included on the tweet, but I believe he's talking to Mr. Richer here when he says, and I, I, I'm assuming again that this is a he, uh, great ideas, talking about his ideas for changing elections a little bit. First step is sending you to jail so competent patriots can work on it. <laughs> that is a great summation of everything that's wrong. I disagree with you. I disagree with you. Therefore, A – you're not a patriot. B, let's throw you in jail. It, it is a symptom on both sides of the aisle of how things work. And I would say this again respectfully to people. When you sit around in rooms and call each other patriots, let other people call you a patriot. Don't call yourself a patriot. It's like calling yourself a hero. That's for other people to say. Anyway, it's just an interesting, interesting changes that are coming um, in a moment. Uh, how did ICE miscalculate 
illegal immigration. The numbers are amazing. We're going to get to all of it coming up in just a couple of moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it. I don't know how I get hooked in. I, I, should we, I don't want to be the spoiler if people are taping World Cup. But we. I just watched the match, and we're watching it during commercial breaks. I don't know anything about soccer. I'm starting to speak with a British accent and use soccer terms. It, it, it's crazy how it just sucks you in. It was a great match. I'm not, I don't want to give it away if there's got to be people out there that are taping it, but it was Croatia and Brazil, and it was a great match, and it ended amazingly. Um, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I don't know anything about soccer. I've never played soccer, and I'm captivated by this stupid tournament. So it's pretty amazing stuff. Um, want to talk about ISIS apologized for a miscalculation on data. Um, I don't think it was done intentionally, but there was a miscalculation on data. But it talks about uh, some of the, the, the things that I think are wrong and some of the things we're not hearing about illegal immigration. Immigration and Customs Enforcement apologized Thursday for miscalculation of public illegal immigrant data. Uh, the DNCF, that's the Daily Caller News Foundation, reported December 1st that ICE underreported the numbers of illegal immigrants released from custody that are not – are not on electronic monitors by more than 18,000%. The agency disclosed to attendees of a private event December 1st that there are 49,500 illegal immigrants that are not that are not surveilled with tracking technology as of November 14th. On its website, there were only 266 as of November 19th. So the reason why I think that's important is um, – we do not have a handle on a lot of this. And, and my problem with it is, I, I mean, in every angle, but I think the biggest issue now that we are facing is this. We, as a nation, have always embraced immigrants. Now, there's always been a faction of the U.S. that doesn't, that the current wave of immigrants are the bane of our existence. Uh, pretty famous stuff. Irish Catholics need not apply when the Irish were coming here and people were coming from Europe. Uh, in, as in general, they were not necessarily embraced. The Italians, all of the, the groups that have come here in big numbers, not necessarily embraced. But in the end, history has been kind in showing that those immigrants in one generation are big contributors to our society. And I believe this current generation will end up doing the same thing. As a nation, as Americans, we embrace the idea of immigration. Most of us do. We embrace the idea of new blood into our society, welcoming people to this country that want to live the American dream. We all love the stories of people that come here uh, with absolutely nothing but the clothes on their back and in one generation become immensely successful. Not not always financially, but many times it is, but people that become immensely successful. I, I mentioned – a lot of my friends here, um, my, my friend from Russia, Ariel, I've talked about him quite often. Uh, I've learned so much from him. He's a barber here in town, and he used to cut my hair a couple of times a month. And uh, he's such a smart guy and such a good man, a family guy. And to hear him tell stories of how he came to this country. And, you know, we jokingly say that he is the barber to the stars here because he used to cut Muhammad Ali's hair. He cuts the governor's hair. He cuts a lot of people's hair here in town. He's very well-known and well-respected. 
accepted because A, he works so hard. B, he is such a personable, good person. And he is, in my opinion, the epitome of the American dream. He is someone that came to this country from Russia. As a matter of fact, one of the stories he told me was that with the group of people he came with, they had an opportunity to leave Russia earlier and go to a different country. And they waited for their opportunity to come to the United States and uh, has become an American and is a proud American and just a, a wealth of information. And I love hearing stories of what it was like where he was. That is what made him appreciate what he has. The Cuban families I grew up with, the Marielle Cubans, they came over on the boats uh, when the agreement was made with the Carter administration. They call them Marielitos. You can see them in the registry. These families are friends of mine and in one generation have lived the American dream, home ownership. They own their cars. Their children became citizens along with the parents. Now the grandchildren are first generation born Americans. Those are accomplishments that happen. And when you see them as Americans, when we see this happen, we think that's Americanism. That's what is great about us. Well, all of those ideas are being diminished when we see what's happening at the southern border. It's frustrating. It's a fear infuriating. And people are looking at it and saying this is not right. And it is damaging the American opinion on immigration. I hope it does it permanently. And I wish it wouldn't. But the only people, the only group that is benefiting from what's happening at the border right now are the cartels. The only ones. It's not benefiting Americans. It's not benefiting the people that are coming here illegally. And we are seeing how overwhelmed our system is right now. And I think all Americans, left and right and center, should all be speaking up and saying something needs to be done. Congress needs to get moving. The White House needs to get moving. This is an embarrassment, and we need something we can be proud of. I think we all should demand that. I think, And if we all did, it would change. And I think we should do it sooner rather than later. We're going to talk about the prisoner exchange coming up. Uh, there is more information as more people are speaking out about Brittany Griner being released and being traded for an arms dealer. It is an interesting conversation, and I think it's one we still need to have as more and more people have spoken out about this, about whether or not it was a good thing, if it was the right thing to do. And so we're going to do that. We'll take up that, and we'll talk about Senator Cinema all in the next hour.